DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert-curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way. Nothing, nothing. I'm gonna fly higher. I'm gonna fly higher. Welcome to the Hustle Unlimited Podcast. We have a new episode for you today that I'm so excited to share. I'm Jason Gillikin, producer of Hustle Unlimited and CEO of the EarFluence Podcast Network. Last week, we had on Heather Chandler, who was a senior producer of Fortnite and is now hustling as an entrepreneur and running an escape room business. And today, you're about to hear an interview with Hustle Unlimited host Donald Thompson and guest Javier Leva, creative director at Red Hat and former Emmy award-winning TV producer. But this episode is about Javier's side hustle. For the past two years, Javier has been working on a little podcast called Pretend, which now has over a million downloads. Yes, over a million. But that doesn't mean Javier is rich off of podcasting. You'll hear more about why he does it and how he has the time in the show today. And if you listen to any of his episodes, you'll hear why it's so successful. When I listened to episode one, I was blown away by the writing, the storytelling, the production, and just the overall effort I know he put into it. But before we get started, if you want these episodes in your feed every Monday so you can be inspired for the week ahead, be sure to subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a rating and review as well, and share this episode on any social media platform. That helps us find more great inspirational guests. The hustlers, the trailblazers, the movers and shakers, and the people who make their communities a better place. So without further ado, here's WalkWest CEO, investor, speaker, mentor, advisor, and all-around hustler himself, host of the Hustle Unlimited podcast, Donald Thompson. What was the inspiration behind Pretend? Like, what was that spark yeah. or that path to the story? Well, this whole thing has been, I describe it as a hobby that got completely out of control. Like, it's, it's just, like, That's seriously, awesome. if I would have 
known that it was going to be this crazy and time consuming, I would have probably never done it. But essentially, I, I mean, long story short, I tell people that I, I developed this like fear of speaking in public where it, it was weird because like 10 years ago, I used to like go up on stage and do stand up comedy. I had no problem speaking up in front of uh, an audience but then all of a sudden now I'm scared of speaking in front of my staff like the people I work with every day and that didn't make any sense so I said I need to go back on stage and get over this fear because I never had it before and the only way I could go back on stage is not as Javier because this Javier is scared but if I go in as a character if I pretend to be someone else I could do this, right? And then I, I said, well, what if I document that process of me pretending to be someone else? And then, oh, what if I document the process of someone else pretending to be someone else, like a ghostwriter? Or a, it started off as a very like like artsy type of show, like yeah. ghostwriters, uh, actors, stuff like that. And that wasn't as interesting. And and then I met my cousin, who's a con artist. And I was like. <laughs> And I, I was losing like, my family. Yeah, everybody too. has everybody one. Has Every, a cousin everybody who's has running one. a hustle. And I was like, wait, he's pretending to be someone else too, you know, by by conning people out of their their life's money. And so, so I I sat down with him like one day, and you know, I knew that he was a bad guy, and I knew that he was in jail, and I knew all these things, but I didn't know. Like, specifically why he was in jail so he just kept talking to me and i recorded it i go wow this is a lot more interesting than a, than than a ghost, ghost writer. writers yeah <laughs> and so then quickly the show became true crime at that point because i was like wait this is now i have an interesting concept which is pretend people pretending to be someone else and then you have this genre that is really hot um and and it wasn't by design. You see, I'm telling you like a series of accidents that That's happened right. that created this podcast. Like I never really sat down and designed it. I wish I did. Then I would be a genius. But you started. Right. Right. Like yes. I, I mean, I think anything that has become a great success, most of it hasn't been designed. None of us have the opportunity to design our lives from point A to right. B to C to Z. No. And success. It's really a curvy road. But what I see that you did was that when you saw clues of opportunity, you take it. Yes. And actually, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I, I, that's like my life philosophy. You just take it. You don't you don't know your life is not written. You just got to improvise and keep putting points on the board. And I, I was meeting with an intern at work uh, that she's a, a she was a DACA student that she is an intern at Red Hat here. And, you know, and she's come so far and like got, you know, a scholarship for college. And she is seizing every opportunity that life is giving her. And I, and I told her, keep doing that. Just take every, like suck all the goody out of life because you know what? Like you're not going to get, like no one's ever going to hand you things. You just got to make every opportunity. I mean, I think that's powerful yeah. from a life principle standpoint. Yeah. Right. And the more we can encourage people to do that, mm -hmm. People that have a full life right. are nice to each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and people that are lacking, right, are where we get a lot of the negative right, right in our world. But dream yeah. chasers tend tend to just cheer for other dream chasers. Yeah, you just gotta make your own destiny. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, when you think about the trajectory, mm -hmm. right, of true crime, tell me some of the lessons learned. 
Well, that's actually a really good question because, um, you know, pretend is kind of an imperfect show. And I think I've kind of alluded to that in terms of it's a kind of a complicated show to describe, right? It's not an easy sell. But now I'm actually taking the opportunity to take the lessons learned that, that of things that have gone well and things that haven't gone well. And I'm starting a second show. I'm starting a second true crime show. And I'm taking all these lessons that, that I've learned and trying to fine tune them so that if if what I've learned could make a hit show, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I do have a feeling that because I'm I'm doing strategic things with the second show, that I, I do think that this second show will surpass the first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So now let me let me pivot just a little bit to what's your day job? So I'm a creative, an associate creative director at Red Hat in the marketing digital marketing department. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And what would you say when you think about your career in the digital space, mm -hmm. right? What are some of the things that you've learned as a production leader, right? Building content, telling stories that you've applied to podcasts. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, a culmination of everything I've learned in my entire career is being put to the test here on the podcast, like the website, the art, the the production, the writing, everything is coming together. And it's actually starting to happen now that that I'm not doing on the show that I want to do is... I work with a team at Red Hat and part of my job, I don't push pixels anymore. I don't write anymore at work. I, I lead a team. And so I've actually gotten really good at letting creatives be creative and then, you know, like kind of guiding them, removing obstacles and building a team and not micromanaging them. So I've gotten to that point, whereas in pretend I do everything. Right. Nice. But now I am kind of slowly starting to build a team around pretend where I can't do everything alone. Sure. And so I'm meeting with my editor and I'm like, you know, she wants to do everything by the letter, like, you know, like very prescriptively. And I'm like, no, have fun. Like you come back to me and you tell me, no, Javier, we got to move this thing around That's or awesome. we got to create a space here. Like bring your own personality to it. So I'm trying to take that leadership skill, the creative leadership skill, which is different than most leadership skills. It's like empowering a creative to paint you know, something that doesn't exist. Yeah, I would I would say, you know, a couple things that you just described from a leadership standpoint, which is really powerful is, number one, not trying to micromanage. Number two, removing uh, barriers, mm -hmm. right, for your team so that their full potential can be released, right? right? And number three, giving people the freedom, right, to paint something new on the canvas, right? right? And so those are, those are things that I think apply to the creative process but all business leaders can take a lesson from and learn from. Right. And it's one of the ways that we all that are striving, right, get talented people to want to be on our team, right? It's because they want to work in an arena where credit is shared and they have the opportunity to do their best work. And it sounds like you're that type of leader. And that's awesome. I think that, you know, it took one person to start this show. The one person can only take the show so far, you know? And so like, I think in order to take the show to the next level is it really like bringing in more more minds, more creativity. No, I, I always welcome that because um, I'm I'm a master of none. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel you. Yeah, I so I'm like I'm gonna lean on somebody that edits better than me, that somebody that writes better than me, somebody that builds better graphics. You know what I mean? Like why not? That's you know? exactly right. Right. So now one of the things that uh, that I'm aware of in, in in doing my research and looking forward to getting to know you. English is not your first language. Right. You didn't learn English till you were five years old, six years yeah, old? Yeah, five or six, something like that. So tell me a little bit about that and growing up and how 
you've learned to communicate in a different language, yeah. different culture, and obviously done really well. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in South Florida, Miami, uh, where English is really optional. I don't know if you've ever been there. <laughs> like, so, I mean, my parents uh, didn't want me to lose my language, so they just didn't talk to me in English. And I mean, I got exposed to English through television and all that, but it was kind of a rude awakening going to like school or kindergarten. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, you know, um, but now, I mean, you know, it's to the point where I don't even think in Spanish anymore. Uh, yeah, like English is my dominant language. But it is it's so cool to have that that other culture, you know, in the back of my mind because in this medium and in, in podcasting, there's not a lot of diversity. There really isn't. I, I just went to a true crime podcast festival in Chicago and it was really ironic. That they had a podcasting panel on diversity and everybody was white. Awesome. <laughs> Hey, listen. <laughs> Except for one girl. Hey, so listen, like, I, was talking, I won't name the organization, but because they're working on it. Like, and, and so I'm not calling them out in a negative way, but I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, Greg, and he went to a conference and it was a tech conference and they were talking about diversity in tech and all the panelists were white, white males. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but that's great that, that we're talking about it, right? right? You know what that's I mean? Right. So I think that having a background that that I, I just come from a different place, right? Like I see the world a little differently. So you'll you'll hear episodes on my show every now and then that might surprise you because they're 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 different. You know, like there's a there's an episode about Santeria that I mean you're probably not gonna hear that in, in another show. And I think that the more um diversity we have in this space, I think it's it's just going to represent who we are as a country. That's you know? right. And I would extend it, right? Because you were talking about diversity in the, the podcast space and that media space. And I totally agree. I think as a country, as we continue to transition and evolve, right, there's some people that are fighting diversity uh, and they're making a lot of noise, but most people just want to understand. Most people just, yeah. just need those different perspectives Right. Yeah. And, and that relatability. And I think it's it's part of our responsibility, right, as business leaders uh, to create that space for open conversation. You know, there's a lot of mimicry that's happening in the podcasting world. Everybody sounds like Ira Glass, right? Like this, like nasally, uh, you know, what I mean, like and, and it's cool because I think that that's part of the creative process, too, is that if you um, when you're starting out doing something, you have to mimic you, in, in any creative That's process, right. you have to mimic, and then uh, through the process of, of imitation, you kind of start realizing your own mm. true voice or your or your own style. Uh, but but you know, like the more diversity there are in voices, whether it's gender, you know, racial, uh, sexual orientation, whatever, it's just painting just uh, just giving us a different perspective no so I, think I, I think we're all going to benefit from no that. i think that's that's awesome right. tell me a little bit about family background yeah. Yeah. how you blend personal with uh your professional because like you're working full-time job yeah. you've got a side hustle that yeah, is exploding yeah. right and so yeah. how do you keep it all together well you sacrifice sleep <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Well, I mean, you know, um, I've gotten really good at utilizing 30 minutes spaces, you know, it's like the weirdest thing. Um, you know, it's hard to get into it, right? Because like, let's say I'm writing a script right now, I'm writing a script. And it's like 72 pages long. And so ideally, in the perfect world, I would sit down and just write the script on one sitting, but I don't have that 
luxury of sitting down and writing a script. What's difficult is that I got 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. I'll wake up in the morning, write a little bit, but I got to remember where I left off because I, I get don't even have the time to read where I left off. I just got to just pick up and go. And you become really good at utilizing your your time. And if you maximize, you'd be surprised. It's it's almost like when when people tell you like, oh, you know, we're not ready to have kids yet. We don't have time or the money or, you know what I mean? Like, yep. well, there's never, you're never going to have time or money. You know what I mean? Like, That's exactly yeah. right. It's the same thing with like a side hustle. You're never going to have time. You make time. That's you figure exactly it out. Right. I, I want to echo on this. I'm going to borrow this, but I'll try to give you credit best I can. <laughs> what is that? But 30 minute spaces. Yeah. Like there's wisdom in that. And when you think about how do you block out productive work for 30 minutes and then be able to come back to it, that takes that chewing gum time that we waste it's, it, right? instead and of make, Facebook and make it productive. Right. Right. And then over a period of days and weeks, you can start to see progress yeah. and anything that you then build momentum, then you actually will naturally create bigger spaces. Right. Right. Because you've seen it get started. Yeah, I mean, it's anything from, uh, I mean, we're talking about podcasting and writing or whatever, but or, like it could be writing a script, it could be researching. So like it could be reading a book, like I, I speed read like really fast. Like, so if, if I'm in an elevator and I could knock out a couple pages, I do. If uh, if I'm at a softball practice with my daughter, uh, I'm looking for story ideas. You know what I mean? Like just maximize your time. No, you that know? is super yeah. powerful. You're you're a very uh, humble guy. I yeah. can I can tell, and and I, I know some of the success through researching and through Jason and, and talking about you. Brag a little bit on the show, oh. right? Like tell me tell me some numbers. Like tell me some listeners and where you started to where you are. Just take a little bit little time to to bask a little bit. Well, cool. I mean, I, I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll I'll brag a little bit, but you know, it's all relative, right? Because I told you I'm in the true crime space, so. Um, you know, everything is relative. I have a friend that has a non-true crime podcast and it's amazing. And, you know, he gets a fraction of what I get. And, and it's not fair because he's not true crime. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's all relative. But then I compare myself to other true crime shows and they get millions of downloads and I get a fraction of what they get. So it's a, it's a, it's like a big fish type of thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. you know? But for me, I, I mean, I've been doing this for two years and uh, I have over a million downloads now. And it's, it's kind of getting to that point where it's growing each episode that I drop. It, you could just see the subscriber basis just jumping. So that's good. It just means that people are talking about it and it's spreading. This is kind of cool. I've gotten mentioned in, on the BBC, New awesome. York Times, uh, Screen Rant. I, I almost said The Onion. It's not The Onion. But it was something else. <laughs> Hopefully not The Onion. A, a bunch of big publications, which is really nice. Yeah, um, yeah. So, But it, funny enough, every time I get mentioned like in the New York Times or BBC, my numbers actually drop. <laughs> so, explain that to me. I don't know. But, but I mean, you know what? It, all of those things are like signs that People are listening. People like it and appreciate it. Like my peers like it and it's being recognized. And so I, I feel like it's validation because uh, most of the time it's so such hard work that it's hard to find motivation to keep going. And, yeah. and so things like that uh, keep you kind of motivated to find those 30 minutes. Yeah, those 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you said when we talked about how do you fit it all in, right? You sacrifice sleep, right? Yeah. Team sleepless. You know, entrepreneurship and dream chasing is hard. 
right? Like it's it's not if it was easy, there'd be a lot more people that were succeeding at it. Right. And so I definitely from one entrepreneur to another, like I appreciate yeah. that that chase. A million downloads is kind of significant. With a million downloads, just like anything else that's starting to get success, you have got to have gotten offers and different things to do different things oh, yeah, when yeah. you show. Like, tell me what you feel comfortable sharing, but like, yeah, um, what's next and what have you had to say no to and uh, like, what, what just, is where you're thinking? Well, I, it's funny. I just said no to a TV production deal or whatever. I've had several production companies like approach me. Like they want to buy like a year right to the show to try to sell it, to try to shop make it, it a, shop it around like a shopping agreement or whatever. And I turned that down because, uh, right now, like my focus is I really want to start the second show. I don't want to like fragment my attention so much that everything sucks. You know what I mean? Like I really want. Pretend to be great, and I want the second show to really be amazing. Now that's really awesome, right? Like because a lot of times when you're building something and you get that first level of recognition, you've decided that your vision is not complete for that next step, and you're still chasing that quality output, yeah, and to build it bigger, and that's commendable, right? Because obviously these were real, legitimate, probably offers and different things, and you weren't saying no to a ghost, right? You were saying no to some potential opportunities. Yeah, it could have been something. something I mean, yeah. Trust me, I, I mean, I'm questioning my, my decision. I mean, like, this could have been a big deal. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, um, I don't know. I, I think that if I got to wait for the right thing, and I think there's more to do in the podcasting space. You know, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody that's looking to create a podcast or, or work in this arena? Like, what, what kind of tips, what kind of yeah. lessons learned? No, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of we call them like pod curious people, people that are like curious about starting a podcast. And there's a lot of people that are curious about starting a podcast and they get five to seven episodes in and then they start. There's another term. They start pod fading. <laughs> so um, a, a common advice is to to just record five episodes. Go ahead and record five episodes, but don't publish them yet. And the reason why is. Can you do five episodes? You know, are they good? Do you have consistency? Can you keep up with the, with the, you know, the process? Is this right? You know what I mean? Like you can learn a lot in five episodes, whether this is right for you or not. And also like just set expectations. A lot of we, you know, we have a local meetup here in Raleigh that a lot of pod curious people come and, and a lot of people come from the business side thinking that um, maybe that this is like podcasting. Oh, magic bullet. Oh, we're going to make so much money. But what they don't realize is that uh, you start out with zero listeners <laughs> right. and, and it's really hard to get over that hump, you know, to go from zero listeners to your friends. Yeah. I mean, when I first started pretend I literally, and I begged my family to listen and still, to this day, I think only my mom and my brother listen. My cousin finally, after two years, started to listen. My friends now they're they're some of them listen. My neighbors, some of them listen. But like, really, my inner circle don't listen that much. It, it just takes a while to get over that hump to the point where strangers are listening to it, right? You know. So no, if you can't sense. get the people that actually like you to listen. How the it's heck not, are you going to get somebody that doesn't even know you to listen? You know, so it's not it's not um, it's not this magical like marketing tool that people imagine it to be. No, know? gotcha. And I think one of the things that uh, things always seem easier until you're trying to do it, and that doesn't, however, mean it's not worth it. 
Exactly. Right? So like, look, if look you ahead. commit to it, though, that's that's, that's the right. flip side. So I don't want to end it on a down. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. don't do it. You know, yeah. like I'm sounding like trying to discourage people, but it's almost like you know what it is. It's it's like my college professor. Okay, my I remember when I was in college that uh, intro to journalism class or whatever it had like two hundred, three hundred people. I don't yeah. know. It had a lot of people. Sure. I don't know how many people. But there were a lot of people in that class. And the professor goes, how many of you want to get married? And, and like people would raise their hand and she goes, well, you might as well just leave now because um, you're probably going to like get a divorce. And like, <laughs> or you know, like she just started painting this awful picture. And she goes, how many of you want to have kids? Well, they're going to hate you because you're never going to be home. And like, you know, you're, like she just like started painting this awful picture. The next class like half the class was there. And you know what? By the time we graduated, that 200 people cl person class went down to like, you know, 50 or like 100 people or something like that. So what I, I guess what I was trying to do was discourage the drifters, the driftwood from like not, not even trying this, but the people who are serious, like the people that are in it to win, you're going to like, you're going to be great. Yeah. That is a powerful analogy. Great story. It applies across many different avenues, right? right? Like winning is hard, right? Like in whatever arena, whether it's in the creative space, which is what we do in our full time, right. right? In marketing or video production, or whether it's a creative, you're making a movie, you're making a podcast, mm -hmm. but it's worth it, yeah, right? And if you can get through that inertia, yeah. right? Like you said, to kind of get over the hump, there's a lot of fun, a lot of learning, and, yeah. and the challenge makes you stronger. The reward is there yeah, for those. That's, that's the thing. It's the long game, right? It's not, you don't have to be the best to win. You just have to have like longevity, right? You have to be the person who stays in the game the longest, right? Because it's, it's not a game for like the faint of hearts. You know, you have to like stick to it and you just have to be resilient. When yeah. you think back on your journey, what's been like the toughest challenge for you to, to overcome and keeping that inertia, keeping it going? You touched on it a little bit. I think it's finding that balance because my priorities, I mean, just we've been talking about podcasting, but my priority number one is my family, right? Like number one. So when I say that I um, that it cuts into my sleep, it's because when I get home, I'm a dad first, I'm a husband. And then if I have time, I could do podcasting. And then when I'm at work, I'm at work. You know oh, what I mean? Man. Let me tell and, you, yeah. I'll let you finish, right? Yeah. Like there's a like I love side hustles and right. I love people that are chasing their dreams. Right. But if somebody's paying you a respectable wage for yeah. a job, you don't need to cheat that time with what you're doing at the same time. Right. And what you said that I want to amplify is when you're at home, you're at home, you're present. Right. You're at work. You're at work. Yeah. Podcasting is always number three to me. Always. And yeah, it's number one in my head all the time. I'm thinking about it sure. all the time. But. I'm like you said, I'm present at work and I'm present at home because uh, for me, like, I really don't want my kids to remember me like being absent, you know, like that's like really important. That's know? awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that talks about number one, the quality of individual you yeah. are and, and, and more important to our audience is what do you want people to remember you from with every interaction they've had? With you, right. And I don't want anybody in any jobs that I've had to say, oh, he was a slacker. He wasn't really paying attention here. Right. He was always thinking about this. Right. I want them to say, you know what? When I work with DT, he's crushing it. Mm -hmm. I can't believe he does this. And, and I didn't know he did that. Right. And then this other thing. Right. Because he's always given 100 percent. Like yeah. I want that personal brand to be solid across all the things that I touch. Right. And, and we're kindred spirits and sharing that. Yeah. So I think that's an important point because a lot of the folks that are listening, 
how things are doing today and then things I want to be and do tomorrow. But it's also important to know that this is my current state. And I wasn't always like this either. So, like, let's hop on a time machine and go talk to Javier from, like, two years ago. He was a slacker. He used to watch TV. He used to, like, do, I don't know what he did all the time. But, like, that guy, like, had so much free time and he didn't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't a hustler. Like, he just went to work and, like, lived like a normal person. Then this thing happened. And what happened was that... I uh, I got bored and I wanted to have fun and I did what I thought was fun. And so, you know, whoever's listening, if you're kind of stuck in your life and you want that side hustle, don't do the side hustle because uh, you want money. I mean, sure, that's important. But what keeps you awake at night when you're working and what, what makes you work in those 30 minute intervals or whatever is not the money. It's the fun, right? It's like you love it, right? You're chasing something yeah, you love. Right, exactly. It's not like it, you have to be motivated by something other than that's that, right? right? That, so that's like right. Yeah. the money's a byproduct, right? right? Like my thing is as I learn and grow and mature is building teams. Yeah. It's not necessarily any one type of business that motivates right. me. It's just building teams mm -hmm. and building leaders. Right. And so when I can find leaders or people that want to dream that is different than what they have today. If I can help them, that's exciting to me, right? Mm -hmm. And helping people through that journey. And the money is a byproduct. The money yeah. is a byproduct of creating something of value. And also, you want to talk about the money? Like, th this is depressing because <laughs> <laughs> there's no, I haven't made a lot of money either. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like I've been at it for two years. And just now I started um, advertising. Awesome. It took this long to attract advertisers. Um, and even still, I'm not, I mean, I, I went to, um, you know, I know podcasters who are making $11,000 a month on Patreon alone, which Patreon is like a tip jar for, for podcasters. That's just Patreon without ads. And then you add ads on top of that. I mean, that guy's making a lot of money. I'm not making a lot of money. I'm making enough money that I can pay now my editor that now I'm buying back my time. Right. That's all. And I'm happy with that. But yeah. I know that down the road, there might be some money and that's cool. But like, again, I'm not motivated by that. Right? I think in the everyday hustle that people are chasing goals and different things, you know, to be able to slow down and listen and just enjoy it yeah. is pretty powerful. And as I've become more educated on the space and podcasting and then looking at it from a marketer's view, uh, the conversations that we've been having with people are very real, yeah. very authentic. And that's what we're all chasing, actually. Right. right. And so how do we bring that medium to affect business change? We're still figuring out and working on right. it. But I do know every single one of the people that we've talked to on Hustle Unlimited has been an absolute blast. People have opened up and shared really good information right, right for people to learn from. And uh, it that's, that's harder even sometimes in video and different things because it makes it feel more stuffy, more scripted, yeah. more professional. Right. Whereas once we get used to that, there's microphones up, yeah, we're just uh, kicking it. A microphone like just, is less threatening than a light that's, you know, in your face or, yep. you know, yeah. No, that's super good. People are a little bit more candid, especially if you have like a little lavalier that it, it disappears and they don't even know about that's it. That's exactly yeah. right. Tell me something you're most proud of creatively. And then tell me about how our audience can engage with your show. Well, you know... Every episode that I do, like the last one I do is always my favorite, <laughs> which is like, it's terrible because people always ask me like, what's your favorite episode? I don't know. I love them all. Like I really, 
one of the things that I take pride in is that I feel I feel like I've never produced a bad episode, <laughs> and then I always like the latest one better than <laughs> That's awesome. than the previous ones. So I would say you know um, there's there's you could find pretend anywhere you listen to podcasts. So like just type in pretend on any podcatcher. But uh, really, there's no wrong place to start. Uh, if you listen to like the earlier seasons, like season one, you, you'll hear that it's, I think it's a little rough because I'm kind of starting to explore and trying to figure out what the show's about. So like each episode is a giant experiment. It's like, it could be about cults. It could be about undercover cops. It could be about like a blind artist. It could be about whatever. You know what I mean? Like I really just was like just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Season two, I started, I, I got it. I realized nice. what it was, you know what I mean? And it started humming. Uh, season three, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to tell one story. And I told the story about a cult that is in Western North Carolina. or wow. Yeah, Western North Carolina. And I devoted the whole 11 episodes, I think, to this one cult. And they invited me over. I was like one of the few people who had ever like visited this church. It was crazy. Uh, and then season four, which I just wrapped up, I call it <laughs> like the bro season, you know, <laughs> it's got, it's got like fugitives, it has bank robberies and, awesome. and, uh, heists and magicians, you know, and like now I'm about to start, uh, season five, which I, I kind of like, I, I don't have a central theme, but like right now it's starting to shape up like a real psychological theme happening, okay. like it, it's it's really cool. I, I like what's happening with season five. So really, just jump in anywhere. It's it, it's like a it's like the Ponderosa. It's like you can, <laughs> you can just start anywhere. It's, it's a variety of that them. is awesome. Yeah. So let me take it away from you and I for a little bit. Let's just talk about our macro environment in, in our country. If you had a magic wand, mm-hmm. right? You had a magic wand, and you could change. Which something. I do. It's right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And and you could make change in our country, our world. What would you do with that magic wand? And, and this is anything. This is anything. What would wow. you do with that magic wand? Gosh. All right. I, I do have an answer to this. This is really weird. Um, education. I, I think our education system like just needs some help. Uh, my wife is a school counselor. And so I hear a lot of the stories that she tells me. And I hear, you know, I, I just look at teachers and you know, God, I wish she made more money because she, what she does and what teachers do is so much more valuable than what I'm doing. I'm just like painting pretty pictures and, and telling <laughs> stories about other people. You know, like there's no reason why I should be the breadwinner in the house when she's actually making like real change. And there's something fundamentally wrong with that. If teaching and our kids is not a priority to our country, then you know, it's just this ripple effect. You're That's not right. going to attract the best people there. Then our kids are not going to learn. And then our country's just not going to be better because of it, you know? So I think you fix education. And 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 now I guess it would be a good time for me to announce my uh, bid for presidency. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first yeah. on Hustle Unlimited. News. Breaking news. Breaking news. news. I'm news, quitting news. the podcasting world and I'm running for president because everybody else is too. So. so let me give you some final space. What else would you like to share with our listeners? Anything that you got going on as we wrap things up? But I, I've got a smile here for you uh, because I'm glad to have met you. Yeah, me too. To Thank you for having me. 
know you and, and, and word. Your story is amazing. Oh, uh, what would you like to close up with our audience or, or any tips or just, uh, I mean, you know, I, I love the, the angle of this is about hustling, right? And like, I, I, it's cool that, you know, I never thought about me as like this, you know, I'm like hustling too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's neat. But I, I think that's great that, um, that that's something that should be celebrated. Right. right. And, but it shouldn't come at the cost of like, you know, your personal life and your professional life. Like a hustle is just another word for following your dreams and hopefully making money off of it. That's right. But I mean, yeah, it should be celebrated. That was Javier Leva from Pretend. You can find Pretend on any podcast platform, but be careful. Once you listen, you'll be binging the whole series before you know it. And at the end of the show, you'll hear a one-minute trailer. So a few takeaways from Javier that I want to emphasize. First, the hustle can't be about the money. You need to find a true passion for a project because it's the love and the fun that's going to keep you up at night. Second, you can't sacrifice what's really important to you, your family, your job, your faith, whatever that might be. And third... There needs to be more diversity, more different voices in podcasting. Don and I talked about diversity and inclusion on episode 9 of Hustle Unlimited, and we'll be recording a follow-up episode to that very soon. This episode was edited by me, Jason Gillikin, with additional editing from Brian Bramer, and is a production of Earfluence, where, by the way, Javier sits on the board of advisors, and we're very lucky to have him. For more on the Earfluence podcast network, including Weddings for Real, Beyond the Obituary, Backstage at DPAC and the upcoming Talk West podcast, visit EarFluence.com or check us out on social media. We're at EarFluence Media. Intro and outro music for this episode is You Can't Stop Me from Jensen Reed. You can find more of his music, including the hilarious Back to the 80s, at JensenReed.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Hustle Unlimited podcast. At the heart of every crime, there's a lie. In order to do this job well, you're going to have to learn to lie. But you're going to have to remember who you're lying to and when to lie and when not to lie. But a lie is only powerful if you choose to believe it. It all came out. All the story came out. It turned out he had two wives and five fiancés. That he wasn't marrying women because he loved them. He was actively impregnating women to rip them off for money, me being one of them. So why do we fall for it every time? My, my father told me at a young age, he, just, he says, Carl, the two easiest things to sell anybody, anything that'll improve their looks and anything that'll make them money. And that's what you want to sell. Pretend Radio is a documentary podcast about people pretending to be someone else. I interview real con artists, snake oil salesmen, and former cult members anyone living a lie search for pretend radio wherever you get your podcasts